Hey everyone, welcome to Breakthrough Conversations. My name is Danielle Perry and I'm the host. You already know I'm so excited that you're tuned in today. And if this is your first time, this is a podcast that features people of all ages and they share a bit of their story about how God has helped them to overcome a difficult challenge, situation, or season in their lives, or maybe they're on their way to overcoming with God's help. Well, this episode is um, unique. Um, This episode is an episode of more wisdom that you're going to gain, I hope and pray. And it features none other than Mrs. Marilyn Richardson. Mrs. Marilyn, thank you again for just being a part of this podcast and just sharing a bit of your story. And the title of this episode, which is episode 20, it's titled Giving Birth at 44, A Baby Boomer Raising a Gen Zer. Wow. A pretty loaded title. I'm super excited for you to hear the wisdom nuggets that she'll share. And also just, again, a bit of um, what it's like to um, have gone through a season that kind of is opposite of what our society um, standards are. And what do I mean by that? Um, Our society kind of places a demand on being married at a certain age, having children at a certain age. But everyone's story is different. Everyone's story um, is unique to them. Um, And so I'm just excited about you hearing um, from a woman who had a baby later in life. And I know that there are other women out there who can relate. And dads too, I'm not excluding the dads. Um, These stories are not only for wives and mothers, but husbands and dads too. So without further ado, I'm excited y'all for you to hear, for you to see. This is episode 20. Enjoy and be blessed. Richardson. Yes, hello, hello, and <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. For having me. This is an awesome platform. I am a big fan of all of the episodes, and it's impactful, it's reaching, it's informative, and my prayer is that this episode be the same. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My prayers are that it will be the same as well, and I, I do believe it is. Yes. I do believe that your yes. story and what you're going to share is going to bless people that are in your shoes. And maybe um, that are not in your shoes, because I've heard that episodes have blessed people who maybe couldn't really relate, mm-hmm. but just the information they, they shared blessed them, right? Great. So I was very grateful when I heard that. But today I have you on to talk about giving birth at 44 years old. Yes. <laughs> and you being a baby boomer, mm-hmm. raising a Gen Zer. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. God's got jokes. <laughs> God's got jokes. <laughs> I love it. So um, I want you to just, before we dive into the questions, just introduce yourself and just tell a bit of who you are. Sure. I am Marilyn Richardson. As Danielle said, I am a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In West Philadelphia, born and raised. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Uh, Matriculated through the Philadelphia public school system, Mm -hmm. graduated, and was blessed with a scholarship to West Virginia University. Okay. Okay. um, You know, which was a transition in itself. Uh Uh, Went there, attended the university. At that point, Mm -hmm. I had always been a church goer. Okay. But I was not a committed Christian. Mm -hmm. So during my campus life, I made that transition. Uh, Later then moved me somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. I met my husband. And I'm here today. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, we're going to start off with talking about um, 
before you got married, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to backtrack just a little bit and just talk about a relationship that you were in prior to. Um, and if you can just share a little bit of whatever you want to share um, about sure. that relationship to kind of give context to why you married later in life and had your child later in life. Absolutely. I was in, in a relationship prior to um, the period in my life when I met my husband. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't the youngest at that point. I was still in my 30s. Okay. Um, and wonderful gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um Singer, preacher, the whole package. Um, And I'm sharing this to let people know that it is so important to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything that comes to you might not be for you. And so it was at one point when I realized that that was not for me Mm -hmm. as wonderful a person as he was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of our friends, oh, I can't see you with anybody else. Mm -hmm. But there's that still small voice Mm -hmm. that we have on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. said, no, Mm -hmm. not now. Mm -hmm. And so I had to end the relationship, which propelled me to the place where I should be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So after that relationship, how many years passed before you met your husband? Very short period of time. (laughs) That relationship ended, I want to say, in 1991. Mm -hmm. And I met my husband in 1993. So about a two-year period of time in between. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. so about a two-year period. Mm -hmm. Now, during those years, what was singleness like for you? Were you looking to be in a relationship around that time? Or were you still kind of healing and trying to figure out, okay, God, what do you have for me? What was that like? Yes, I would say it was definitely a healing period. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not looking to be in a relationship. Um, at this point, I was transitioning from West Virginia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. where I believed that God was leading me. I was furthering my ministerial education. Mm-hmm. And so my life was kind of full right, and right. kind of busy, mm-hmm. you know, with ministry, business, and I don't think that I had, and I believe God did it that way because I didn't have time to feel like I'm missing something. I'm looking for something. Mm -hmm. I'm empty. But in that same period of time, God was definitely healing and preparing me for what was to come. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So did you meet your husband in Oklahoma? I did. I met my husband (laughs) in Oklahoma. We were attending a Bible training center. Okay there in Oklahoma and I had been there a full year Mm -hmm. uh, before he came Mm -hmm. it's just a two-year program so as I was entering my second year Mm -hmm. uh, he was coming in for his first year and we met through a mutual friend okay Mm -hmm. okay and Mm -hmm. what were your first what was your first impression I have to be (laughs) honest and tell you my first impression we were actually at a dinner Mm -hmm celebration for our mutual friend's daughter. Mm -hmm. It was the daughter's 21st birthday Mm -hmm. and she was having a dinner party in her home and she invited us both. Mm -hmm. And so we were there and we were in this space and we met. And I think for the rest of that evening, although there were other people there, Mm -hmm. I felt like it was just the two of us. Oh wow! Yeah. We were just kind of to the side talking and Mm -hmm. laughing. We ate together and it was just a very comfortable place. So I think that at that moment, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, how long was it before you both decided to get married? How long did you court and then move Okay, to okay. We met in November mm-hmm. of 1993, mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, so I'm thinking in my mind, yes, you know, mm-hmm. okay, you know, he likes me. I uh-huh, like him. Uh-huh. Um, no, the rest of November passed, the rest of December passed, and I never heard from him. And I was like, maybe I got it wrong. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. So the Christmas break came, and mm-hmm. then in January of 1994, mm-hmm. um, he um, reached out to another friend of ours and asked for my number and gave me a call, and he said he had been wanting to reach out to me, but that he had left some unfinished business right. mm-hmm. as far as relationships go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at home. And so he felt like the honorable thing to do, mm-hmm. being a man of God, mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. to go home and end that yeah. and then come back mm-hmm. before he would reach out to yeah. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, you can't, there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, you can't I would blame I, him for that. It was rather impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it was rather impressive. Absolutely. Yes. So, what age did you get married? I got married at age 37. 37? Yes. Okay. You were married at 37? Yes. Mm-hmm. I met him when I was 36. As I said, in January of that year, he reached out to me. My birthday was in March. Okay. I turned 37 and on my birthday, he asked me to marry him, Aww. and we were married in August. Wow. Four months later. So. Wow. <laughs> wow. Awesome. 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 I love it. So describe to us just what you were feeling on your wedding day. On my wedding day, I was feeling... Okay, so first of all, let me say that it wasn't a traditional wedding day. Okay. And I say that because we were away at school. Mm-hmm. We made the decision to get married there. Okay. Um, my family had offered for us to come to Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. have the whole church wedding, you Mm -hmm. know, the whole blowout thing. But when you're 37 years old Mm -hmm. and you're kind of settled in the things of God, I didn't feel that all of that was necessary. Mm -hmm. So we actually got married, Mm -hmm. um, at the courthouse chapel Uh in Tulsa with about 30 friends. Okay. No one from either family. Okay. Was there uh-huh. because I just didn't feel like I needed all of that. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. and and I want to make a point of that mm-hmm. because so many times people think I have to have this fairy tale wedding. And, Absolutely. You know, if I don't spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, you know, it's not worth mm-hmm. it. But it's not the wedding that is as important as the marriage. That's right. Yeah. That's so. right. I, I was I was excited, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a big grand hoopla. Right. Thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I can understand that perspective because like you said, you were 37. Um, I mean, by that time, you're more settled in with your life. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, so it makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. So um, after you were married, mm-hmm. did you both want children right away? Do you know, I don't, I was thinking about this mm-hmm. uh, in preparing for this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we ever really actually talked about wanting children. Mm-hmm. Um, I was blessed to become a mom to an awesome bonus son mm-hmm. when I married my husband. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was fulfilling my maternal needs. I okay. think I felt like at that point this was how I had been chosen to mother. Okay. And I was fine with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, hey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, as far as conceiving because I'm trying to think of our conversation we had at the restaurant mm-hmm. a few months back. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like? Were there any complications? Okay. 
so I want to say it was maybe in 1995, 96, um, a pastor came to our church from, I believe, West Africa. Mm-hmm. And he asked to pray for all of the couples. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I went up for prayer mm-hmm. and um, he said to us before he prayed for us, he said, you're going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like Sarah, you know, I was like, oh, oh yeah, for real. Right. You know, as a matter of fact, I even remember um, kind of joking in the car with my husband when mm-hmm. we left the service. I was like, I don't know if it was the altitude or the length of his flight, mm-hmm. you know, from where he came from here. But really, right. for real, uh-huh. you know, a baby. But I received mm-hmm. The word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, like I said, 95, 96. So how long were y'all married at this um, point? Let's see. We had been married then about five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. 95, 96. So you're in your early 40s. I'm in my early 40s. Mm-hmm. And actually around, I want to say, 98 or 99, mm-hmm. we conceived. Okay. And so I thought, okay, so right. this is it. This is it. You know, yeah. this is the fulfillment. Uh-huh. Of my Sarah laughter mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so we conceived and un- unfortunately we miscarried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a very hurtful time yeah. in my life because I felt like, I, I kind of felt like, um, God, I didn't even ask you for this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't asking you for this. Okay. You said that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking it's happened Mm -hmm. and it didn't happen. So I wasn't bitter. Mm -hmm. I was confused. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at that point, my mentality, although I did not verbalize, it was, okay, then you know what? That's that. I'm done. That's right. So, yes, we Mm -hmm. did have one miscarriage before we actually were able to successfully conceive with, um, CJ. Conceive with mm-hmm. CJ. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, you were married for how long before conceiving CJ? Seven years. Seven years. Seven wow. years. Wow. 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 Seven yes. years. Okay. So seven years into your marriage, you conceived with CJ. How yes. were you feeling? I was number one feeling in denial. And when I say that, Mm -hmm. because of my age, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I didn't see certain things that we normally see Mm -hmm. as women, Mm -hmm. I just assumed a different change Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. taking place. Mm -hmm. And um, But in the back of my mind, and that still small voice Mm -hmm. I talked about earlier was like, no, this is not that. So um, I was first in denial. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I said, okay, so what's it going to hurt to take a home pregnancy test? Okay. That won't hurt anything. Uh So I go to the store and I buy a box of Mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. And so I go home and the first one is negative. So I'm thinking, okay, that's what I thought. Right. (laughs) You know, but then again, that I keep making reference to this still small Mm -hmm. voice Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm so I'm like, okay, so I got the other one here. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No harm, no foul. I'll take the second Uh one. uh So I took the second one and it was positive. Wow. So I was a little bit excited. Okay. But I went back to the store because now. (laughs) (laughs) 
because <laughs> now I felt like I needed a tiebreaker. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me just make sure. Let me just make sure, sure. Uh-huh. Yes. So I went back to the store and I got some more pregnancy tests mm-hmm. and all of them that I took after that. And I say all of them because there were four after <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> wow. All of them were positive. Wow. And so I was very excited mm-hmm. and very nervous mm-hmm. because we had miscarried. Yeah. And I did not want to have to that. go through that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous. I was nervous and excited. Okay, yes. nervous. Yes. I think yes. I'm going to steal that word. Okay, now how was Mr. Carlton feeling? Mr. Carlton was over the moon excited. <laughs> <laughs> he was extremely excited. Mm-hmm. And I began to reach out to people. I'm sure I called my family at home, mm-hmm. my mom, my sisters. I know that I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first person I remember telling face-to-face other than Mr. Carlton, mm-hmm. was his mom, you okay. know, my mother-in-law. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was after church on a Sunday, and I asked her, I said, can I speak to you in your office for a minute? Because remember, I'm still nervited. Right. And so, <laughs> right. And so I went to her, and we closed her door, and I said, Mama, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think I'm pregnant. And she was just like, over-the-top excited, Aww. you know, very encouraging. Yeah. Oh, Marilyn, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I needed that mm-hmm. because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is it really wonderful? Right. You know, is it going to be the same as the last time? Yeah. But everyone's excitement was propelling me forward. Yeah. So um, it was a good time. Awesome. It was a good time. Awesome. Yeah. Now, being that you conceived at 43, 40. 44. You had CJ at 44. So you. I conceived at 43. 43, You're right. right? Correct. Because okay, I'm going to get to yes. the, the born Correct. day. I'm going to get to that. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Thank you okay. for correcting me. Yes. <laughs> no problem. Um, so, geriatric pregnancy, did I say it right? Correct. Okay. Now, describe that term. The term geriat- geriatric pregnancy medically describes a pregnancy where the female is age 35 mm-hmm. or older. Mm-hmm. And when you go to your OBGYN, your medical file actually says geriatric mm-hmm. pregnancy. And they do that because there are additional tests that they want to offer you right. um, to kind of give you an indication of mm-hmm. the viability of the fetus. And so that's when I became familiar with that term Mm -hmm. and with all that went with it. Right. Right. Because there were additional tests. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You, um, you just, they, they're trying to give mothers the opportunity to find out if there's a significant problem Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the event that those that believe in terminating pregnancies mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. want that option. Right, right, so I went through okay. a few of those. I remember mm-hmm. being sent to a geneticist first, okay. which I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went to a geneticist and I gave them all of the information that they asked for. Mm-hmm. And they come back with a report. And the report was that from all of the information I had provided from both sides of our family, that this baby stood a chance to live to be 102 years old. So I was like, okay, you go, God. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, so that was good. Yes, yes. And then I had another (laughs) test called a a nuchal translucency. Mm -hmm. 
okay. which is a special kind of ultrasound. Okay. First, they do blood work, mm -hmm. and they look for various markers, chromosomal abnormalities mm -hmm. and that type of thing. And then in this particular ultrasound, they measure the base of the fetus's neck. Okay. And there are certain indicators if there would be, say, some presence of the markers for Down syndrome mm -hmm. or any of those types of things. So I went through those tests and CJ came through with flying colors. Wow. I mean, his <clears throat> numbers on everything mm -hmm. were just phenomenal. And I know that God allowed me to have those mm -hmm. because I needed that peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I needed that peace Absolutely. and the only other thing they can send you for um um you know there's one more test that they can send you for mm -hmm. which I opted not to take because mm -hmm. she asked me if we send you for this last test and we discover that there is a problem mm -hmm. do you have any intentions to terminate this pregnancy and I said absolutely not yeah, yeah. Because I felt like whatever God gives us mm -hmm. is what we're intended to have. That's right. That's so she right. said, if you're good with that, let's go and let's have a baby. Mm, yeah, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So did you experience any complications with your pregnancy at all? Not one, Danielle. Wow. When I tell you God graced me, wow. I, I always laugh with my friends and say, that's God's gift for old people having babies. <laughs> but... <laughs> I did not experience, I never had a day of morning sickness. Mm. Oh, wow. Other women out there, don't kill me. This is my story. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I never had a day of morning sickness. I never had any nausea, never had any swelling, never had any back pain. Wow. I mean, when I tell you God let me walk through that yeah. pregnancy like a 27-year-old yes. woman, he yes. absolutely did. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that. Praise God for that. So um, when you found out, your baby's gender. Mm -hmm. um, was that during your pregnancy or did yes. you find out later? Okay. No, we okay. found out during the pregnancy okay. um, at the ultrasound where they were going to, um, you asked us, did we want to know the gender of the baby? Mm -hmm. Of course, Mr. Carlton went. <laughs> and um, we were both funny. Like I said, we have a son. He has mm -hmm. a son from mm -hmm. uh, a previous marriage. Mm -hmm. And so all his eggs were in the girl basket. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I think mine were too. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we went and... Um, uh, uh, the technician said, now, are you sure you want to know what the baby is? Because I'm sure of what the baby is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we're like, yeah, we want to know. So she goes, it's a boy. And Carlton looks at me and goes, you want to try again? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, okay, so now you got jokes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we did find out it was a boy okay. and had time to settle in on that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, so it's a boy and... CJ is born. Mm -hmm. What was that day like? And that I love day, this story about yes. some of what you share with me. Yes. That day was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, pregnancy was really easy. He was born on a Tuesday morning. That Monday was the only day I had ever missed from work the entire pregnancy. Oh, wow. And I wasn't ill. I wasn't feeling bad. I had had a slight cold over the weekend. Okay. And more than anything, I was tired. Okay. So yeah. I called in to take the day off that Monday. So Tuesday, I got up, mm -hmm. 
getting ready mm-hmm. to go to work mm-hmm. and surprise, my water broke. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh-huh. And so, um, you know, I called into the doctor's office and they said, okay, well, you know, come now. And mm-hmm. We live in Clinton, Maryland. CJ was born in um, Washington, D.C., actually, okay. because that's where my doctors were. So mm-hmm. they delivered mm-hmm. at a hospital in, in Washington. So we had a little trek and it was rush hour. Oh, gosh. Okay, so um, my water broke, and, you know, we're on the way, and it's raining. And oh, so you wow. know what the rain does to traffic in the DMV. Uh-huh, right. Uh, so, so we start out, and the first thing I tell my husband is, okay, so I need you to stop at 7-Eleven. Okay. And he's like, stop at 7-Eleven. I go, yes. I need you to get me a cup of coffee. Okay. And two blueberry donuts, because... <laughs> Which don't do that. People that are pregnant, don't do that. Because I said, because when we get to the hospital, they're not gonna let me have anything uh-huh. to eat and mm-hmm. I don't know how long this process is right. gonna take. So him being a dutiful husband did what I asked him to do. And uh-huh. uh, so when we got to the hospital, actually was probably about two hours after I had called. Mm-hmm. And they were starting to get concerned because they thought something had right, happened. Right. So when I got, oh, Miss Richardson, where were you? We were so concerned. I go, mm-hmm. oh, we were fine. It's raining. Traffic's heavy. Mm-hmm. And I had to have my coffee and donuts. And they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, be- because I'm telling them that my water broke, but I'm not having any contractions. Right. So, you know, they hook you up to all these monitors mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. asking me, you don't feel that? And I go, feel what? And they go, no, you are having contractions. Oh, wow. Again, part of my gift package. Right, <laughs> okay. right. Because I'm saying, no, I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, at one point they became concerned because um, CJ's heart rate decelerated. Okay. And so they said, you know, we can give you some something to bring the contractions on mm-hmm. stronger or you may want to... Uh, for a c-section okay okay and so she said the doctor said i'll step out of the room mm-hmm. and allow you to discuss this with your husband mm-hmm. i go uh-uh, uh-uh. you don't need to go nowhere mm-hmm. i don't need to discuss that with him mm-hmm. because if you give me something and i go into 36 42 hours 48 hours of labor right he's not gonna feel a thing so <laughs> let's get the operating room ready uh-huh. <laughs> so i opted for a cesarean okay yeah so we got to the hospital at about 9 a.m mm-hmm. um when by the time i opted for a cesarean um we had to wait there was already someone in there so by the time they got the operating room mm-hmm. i'm ready and got me all prepped and everything mm-hmm. we got in there we got to the hospital about nine he nine a.m he was born at 12 19 p.m So I had him and I was back in my room for my lunch tray. Food is important to me, okay? (laughs) So it was a very easy, Mm -hmm. um, very quick, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's funny because you watch all these things on TV, you know, where people are in labor for 48 hours, you know, and they they turn into monsters. Uh And I knew I didn't want to do that. So Uh (laughs) I'm glad that I chose to go the route we went. And Carlton was in in full support. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what day was it? It was (laughs) on March the 26th. When I had him. Now, when you have a C-section, you get four days in the hospital. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, you know, it's all exciting. You know, everything's happening with you got this newborn right. and everything's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm scheduled to be released from the hospital on March 30th, mm-hmm. which is my birthday. Right. And so the nurse comes in. She's like, oh, today's your day to go home. And by the way, happy birthday. And I'm thinking. <laughs> I've been so consumed with having this baby, I forgot my birthday. Right, right. So I took him home. He was my 45th birthday gift Wow! from God that year. Wow, so. wow, wow. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Now, what was it like raising a newborn at 45? Talk about that. It was, first of all, of course, very joy-filled. Mm-hmm. Although I had never raised an infant I had helped with so many people's children Mm -hmm. until I felt that I had some basic knowledge Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. what to do because they don't come with instruction manuals. So I thought I had some basic knowledge of what to do. Um, I'm not thinking past these eight weeks that I'm going to have Mm -hmm. off from work. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy and I'm having a good time and I'm taking care of him. And then all of a sudden I look up one day and I say, in two weeks, he has to have somewhere to go. And yeah. I've not made that preparation. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was, it, you don't know everything to do. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, now I'm starting to panic because yeah. I need to go back to work. Right. And I don't have anywhere to take this little person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are we going to do? So it wasn't hard taking okay. care of him. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't aware of everything that went past the joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The preparations that needed to That's take right. place right. past the joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what was your community like as far as help goes? Um, I know one of my questions I had for you was, you know, how was it as far as reaching out to other moms and just others that were um, available to help? And, you know, just talk about that a little bit. Of course, I had fantastic support, Mm -hmm. you know, great church community, Mm -hmm. you know, which was there at my beck and call. Um, my mother-in-law and father-in-law who were two miles from us. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that was fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, and of course people just, and I appreciated the fact, Danielle, that people were willing to help, but yeah. they didn't bum rush us. Okay. Because it's already an overwhelming time. Yeah. So people were, if you need me, call me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will be there. Mm-hmm. And so when those times came, I was able to pick up the phone and call and say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. or ask questions because I don't know. Right. I've never had a baby before. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Right. So, and then friends that I had had down through the years, mm-hmm. like I said, people who I had helped with their children mm-hmm. when they were small, everyone was just anxious to rally. Mm-hmm. So I had a great support package yeah, yeah. and I was not afraid to use that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, did you experience any challenges early on? I mean, you kind of hit on you know, not thinking past the eight weeks. But what were some of the challenges early on raising your son? Um, Early on, just um, being aware of the tremendous responsibility. Mm -hmm. I now, we now have this life Mm -hmm. that we are responsible for. You know, and because we are people of faith, you begin to think, okay, so this little being has a purpose too. Mm -hmm. And so you begin to pray, God, give us the wisdom to know what to do Mm -hmm. with this person because you've charted a path for him Mm -hmm. and we don't want to be roadblocks Mm -hmm. in his path. So just 
thinking everything through. It's a lot of time of thinking, mm-hmm. especially because you're home and you're looking at this little person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you just begin to think of the awesomeness of the task mm-hmm. that has been handed mm-hmm. you, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I want you to share a funny memory or fun memory of CJ as a, as a young boy. <laughs> that boy is a package of fun. Um, I think one of the funniest moments that I can remember early when he mm-hmm. was a small child. And as you all know, CJ's a drummer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. CJ beat on things before he could walk. <laughs> <laughs> so I should have known that was coming. Uh-huh. Um, you know, um, when I would notice him beating, 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 mm-hmm. um, I would always, I went and bought a big box of pencils, unsharpened pencils, of course. Okay. Uh-huh. Just be careful, safety right. first. <laughs> and so he would just walk around beating on it everything and so Mm -hmm. you know later on he developed and he got his first little drum set and Mm -hmm. then at maybe seven or eight he asked for an electronic drum set okay which I wasn't aware of existed Uh I didn't know it was gonna be a mother's dream come true because they (laughs) have their headphones on and they're the ones that hear the beats right you know you just hear the tap tap Uh tap and so um Mm -hmm. we got him that Mm -hmm. and so one day I come in the house And now all of a sudden, I can hear the beats instead of the taps. Okay. So I'm like, CJ, what did you do? Right. And he goes, oh, mom, it was easy. You know, red to red, yellow to yellow, black to black. I just took these chords and I plugged them into the back of my TV. And so now the speaker from the TV Uh is allowing me to hear myself drumming. (laughs) okay and so now it's time for one of my all-time mom moments Uh because you know we repeat things that we heard and Mm -hmm. I go boy you're gonna keep plugging stuff in and one day you're gonna knock yourself all the Uh way across the room Uh because that's what mom said right right and I remember him just looking up at me and saying mom if death and life is in the power of the tongue, <laughs> why would you say something like that? And I wow. just lost it. Wow. So I'm like, okay, so you're going to give me back the word, <laughs> right? right? So yeah, that was a funny moment. I've I had many, it. but that was one of my treasured moments. <laughs> I love that. Go ahead, CJ. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Don't be telling me I'm going to knock myself across the room. <laughs> right. I love that. Now, did CJ ever ask for any siblings? I don't ever remember CJ asking for siblings. Okay. When he was born, um, his brother was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. say he was graduating from high school. CJ was born in March. Brian graduated in May. Mm-hmm. And Brian stayed around and worked for a while Okay. Uh, in our area. He mm-hmm. actually, his birth mom lives in Columbia, South Carolina. That's mm-hmm. where he and his family live now. Okay. And so I don't think that he ever asked okay. for siblings as he got older. I don't remember that. Okay. I don't remember him asking for siblings. I would remember... Saying, you know, if that I was glad that God, of course, that God gave you to us Mm -hmm. and that if you're ever in doubt of whether or not you have a sibling, I believe you do because I think you're two kids in one. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting. I was like, what is Mrs. Bradley about to say? But I don't think I ever remember him specifically asking for siblings. Okay. Mm. Now, did you and Mr. Carlton want any more children or? Um... 
I don't think, I don't think, now people said, mm-hmm. you know, you all should go ahead and have another one right away. Okay. You know, people right. said that. Mm-hmm. I was so grateful mm-hmm. that we had had him. And, you know, of course, in God, you don't roll the dice. There's mm-hmm. no rolling the dice right. in God. But I felt like, why well, roll the dice again? You right, know, right. Um, again, that fear of the first experience mm-hmm. of losing a child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now in hindsight, mm-hmm. watching a child grow up, basically an only child, mm-hmm. it would have been nice mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. to have had a sibling. But I don't regret okay. that we didn't. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So in CJ's teenage years, Mm -hmm. um, how were your parenting methods changing at this point? Talk about that. At this point, our parenting methods were definitely changing because they go from that sweet little, you know, Mm -hmm. I love you, mommy Mm -hmm. person to a person with their own ideals, Mm -hmm. with their own concepts. Mm -hmm. Um, now he has a friend group. Okay. You know, <laughs> and even in that friend group, it was amazing because two of his closest friends at that point in his life, mm-hmm. they also had mature parents. Okay. So it was like God had given us wow. this little community. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, I think when he became a teenager, our parenting skills changed because what we didn't want to do mm-hmm was smother and shelter him Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the realities of life. So then you begin to pray for the wisdom, Mm -hmm. you know, God, how do I let him fly? Mm -hmm. He was the youngest of the three that he hung around with. And so they started driving before he did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now I'm faced with him wanting, we're faced with him wanting to get in the car with what I feel are unexperienced drivers, you know, right. We're a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to trust God. Yeah. That the same God that protects him when he's in your presence mm-hmm. is the same God that protects him. That's right. When he's not. That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So <clears throat> CJ having friends that also had mature parents, like you explained, um, even with that, do you feel as if CJ had it more difficult having mature parents or less difficult? I asked him periodically at various stages in his life Mm -hmm. and in his development Mm -hmm. and in his maturity Mm -hmm. if it bothered him Mm -hmm. that he had older parents. Mm -hmm. I said, because we go to PTA functions, we go to, and we're looking at all the other parents Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they look like your brother. Right, you know, right, right. <laughs> um, does that bother you? Mm-hmm. And I can remember him very specifically telling me, Mom, it does not bother me. Mm-hmm. He says, and I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. He said, because sometimes I hear my friends' parents cursing at them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not always seemingly wanting to be bothered he said, and I've never felt that mm. with you and dad. So I, it not only wow. does it not bother me, I'm very wow. thankful for it. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So he was able to see yeah. the difference for yeah. himself. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, now talk about 
if if you believe there are any advantages being a baby boomer raising a Gen Zer, I believe that there are advantages and I believe that there are challenges. Okay. Okay. And the reason I, the advantages are, as we spoken earlier on being settled, we're at an age where we're settled mm-hmm. on a lot of things and at that point you just don't sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. so I Mm -hmm. think that's an advantage okay Mm -hmm. the challenge is these kids are a completely different generation (laughs) I mean like we have 40 years between us so not only is it a literal generation Mm -hmm. it's they are not the (laughs) do as I say kids they are not the kids that don't question Mm -hmm. what you're talking about but God graces you with that wisdom okay to handle that okay you know Mm -hmm. and so I think that not only is it challenging but a different advantage is being people of faith Mm -hmm. that played a tremendous Mm -hmm. part in it Mm -hmm. but they have their own ideals Mm -hmm. they have their own philosophies Mm -hmm. they were born into technology that's right that's right and so they know how to go look for things for themselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without looking for the set of encyclopedias like I did when I was <laughs> growing up. <laughs> they know how to go look for things. They're on Twitter. I mean, you know, they're getting their news mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from different sources. Right. They are politically connected. <laughs> they are connected to causes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're not just going to let you say anything. Yeah. And they not check it. Right. And so you have to be okay with that. I was going to ask, how is that? You know, like, is it because you said it's challenging, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you without saying, boy, if right. you don't, you know, right. how do you? Right. Right. You breathe. <laughs> you take a lot of deep breaths. <laughs> Um, you know, I can cite one specific incident, if I may, mm-hmm. where I was sharing with him something that I thought someone, something that someone told me that I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. And it related to this whole LBGTQ mm-hmm. plus community, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which he knows where we stand mm-hmm. on that because of our faith and right. because of that belief. Mm-hmm. And he didn't laugh. And I said, so I think I'm assuming you didn't think that was funny. And okay. he goes, no, I didn't think it was funny. Okay. He said, because while I stand on my faith mm-hmm. and I am unwavering, mm-hmm. I want to respect them mm. to the same degree that I want them to respect me. Mm. He goes, mom, I have friends mm-hmm. and I would never be disrespectful. And mm-hmm. I think that what you just joked about was disrespectful. Mm. So it's at times like that, you know what? You have to check yourself. Wow. Wow. Maybe I wasn't as graceful right. when I said right. what I said. Mm-hmm. And thank you mm. for bringing your point of view That's to the right. table. That's and right. you're exactly yeah. right. So yeah. it's a balance. It's a balance. You know, because, you know, our parents would say, shut up. Right. You know? <laughs> right. No, no. Yeah. I said, right. you know, but this is not the I said generation, but they are so fierce and phenomenal Mm. until when God allows you to see that Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. you just kind of check yourself without compromise because he didn't say he was compromising but he had his own set of 
opinions about right. the matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that you listened. Because like you said, some other parents may have just told them to shut up yes. or be quiet. You don't know what you're talking yes. about. Yes. But the fact that you listened, and I'm sure that means a lot for him. Yes. And it is a lot of listening, Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of listening without filters. Mm-hmm. Not listening so that as soon as you finish saying what you're saying, I can correct you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a lot of listening, prayerful listening. Mm, so that good. when when he's done, God, what do I say? That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's wisdom for mm-hmm. sure. So <clears throat> I think that's <clears throat> I think maybe you hit on a bit of the challenge with, you know, raising a Gen Zer, but are there any other things that stand out? Um I would say The one thing that comes to mind, and I'm not going to put him on blast, (laughs) they are a tattoo generation. (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) Baby boomers are not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, you know, you learn to choose your battles. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I can remember when he first approached me about wanting a tattoo for his Mm -hmm. 18th birthday. Mm -hmm. And once I picked myself up off the floor, you know, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely, you know, and, and I realized that because I had done my research in the state of Maryland at 18, he didn't need my permission. Okay. He could have gone. He was driving. He had a car. He could have gone and gotten one and come home and said, ta-da. Wow. But he didn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, another conversation. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so although it would not have been my choice of things for him to do, I said, what mother's going to ask you to do is, number one, be respectful Mm -hmm. in what you get, which I already knew he would be. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to ask you not to get one anywhere that you cannot cover with an article of clothing. Mm -hmm. Because later in life, Mm -hmm. you have to go into a job market. That's right. That's right. That's and you good. don't want your neck and your face and the back of your hands and you because yeah. people will judge you mm. by that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the biggest, most recent challenges. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Is there a moment of breakthrough while raising CJ that stands out in your mind? Yes. Yes. There's a moment of breakthrough. I think my breakthrough moment came the first time he opposed me on something. And when I say opposed me on something, CJ has never been disrespectful. Okay. He has never been an obstinate child. Wow. He is just, we're blessed. Wow. He has just always been a child. Okay, I'll share. I'll share an instance. Okay. Okay. When he was a sophomore in high school Mm -hmm. he applied for and was given the job of drum major of his marching band Mm -hmm. which was a great accomplishment because normally they would require the person to be a junior or a senior Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. his sophomore year he's drum major we're there I was there anyway I was there when he was just you know a part of the saxophone section but Uh you know I'm there that's my boy you know he's got the maze he's doing his thing Uh uh and so going into his junior year he also had an opportunity to be a part of a dance academy Uh at his school well the the um schedules began to conflict Uh and so his band director 
sent him sent me an email and cc'd him and said you need to make a decision Mm -hmm. you know you can't do both Mm -hmm. you can still be in the band Mm -hmm. but you cannot have a leadership position Mm -hmm. if you're not going to be able to make the rehearsals and the practices and Mm -hmm. fulfill your obligations right right so as soon as i read the email i text him Mm -hmm. and i go you're not giving up being drum major Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. boom Mm -hmm. that's just it right right you know (laughs) He texts me back and says, isn't this at least worth a conversation when we get home? Mm. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Wow. So we did have a conversation. And when he Mm -hmm. laid out the reasons why at this point Mm -hmm. he felt like the Dance Academy was going to be more advantageous than being drum major. Mm-hmm. And he realized he could still, he didn't have to give up being in a band. Mm-hmm. He just couldn't have that leadership responsibility. Mm-hmm. And he said, Mom, I have watched you all be leaders. Leaders require, leadership requires 100%. Mm-hmm. I can't give it that right wow. now. And so wow. I'm asking you to allow me mm-hmm. to chart this course. Wow. And I said, go for it. (laughs) So I think the breakthrough was realizing (laughs) he has his own reasons for things. Mm -hmm. You don't just get to tell them what they're going to do. That's Mm -hmm. different. So different from our generation. Mm -hmm. If our parents said, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to do. So that breakthrough moment for me was, mom, trust the fact Mm -hmm. And I just heard this on a show just last week. Mm -hmm. Trust the fact that his wings work. Mm, That's good. Trust Mm -hmm. the fact that his wings Mm -hmm. work. That's good. And trust the fact that something you all have planted in him Mm. has taken root. Mm. So step back and watch God. Wow. That was a breakthrough for me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you said he was a sophomore, so he was only about 15 or 16. Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. Very mature response, CJ. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So... You and CJ are very close. I remember you shared that at our outing um, a few months ago. So let's just talk about your relationship with them. CJ and I are very close. Mm-hmm. He's he's He has a close relationship with his dad, but it's a different relationship. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's a boy mom <laughs> <laughs> knows that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Being a boy mom mm-hmm. is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we are very close. I have tried to present a safe space for him mm-hmm. to be able to talk to me about whatever he feels like he wants to talk to me okay. about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that has, he called me on the way here. I mean, he's working. He's <laughs> on his, you know, break from mm-hmm. work. Mom, where are you? You know, <laughs> um, I've provided a safe space of communication. And I mm-hmm. think that that has forged a closeness. Now, do I want to know everything? No, I absolutely do not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No parent <laughs> wants to know everything. My mm-hmm. parents didn't know everything, mm-hmm. and I don't want to know everything. Right, right. But you provide a safe place mm-hmm. for him. It is a close relationship, mm-hmm. and I don't think that there's anything that he doesn't feel like he can bring to me. Okay. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. That's a good thing. Wow. You know, if there is, I don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, you watch their moods, you watch mm-hmm. their posture, yeah. and um, everything is very telling. 
And I don't think that there would be something that he wouldn't bring to the table if he thought he needed to. Wow. Okay. That's mm-hmm. that's an awesome thing, I'm sure, to be able to say as a mom. Absolutely. Of it their, is. You know, with their child. So now that CJ is an adult, hmm. um, <laughs> and he still lives at home, right? He still lives at home. So um, just talk about how it is now with, you know, taking a step back because he's an adult, mm-hmm. but he's still in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that he's still learning how to be a young man and all these things. Yes. How is it now being a mom of an adult child? Now um, the focus shifts mm-hmm. to what we think you need to know for the rest of your life. Like you said, he is living at home. Mm -hmm. Um, You are 20 years old, but you are under our roof. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you to be respectful. We are going to ask you to be respectful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about the times that you come and go. Now, people ask me, does he have a curfew? He does not. Okay. And the reason I say that, Danielle, is because I want him to have enough of what we've planted in him. To be able to say, I'm not going in my parents' house mm-hmm. after a certain time. Right. Right. And and he or if he's been somewhere and, and he's running late, he calls, he texts. So it's very mm-hmm. different because you have to let them be adults. He is an adult. Mm-hmm. He's twenty. Mm-hmm. Um you try to guide them, particularly in the arena of finances. Mm-hmm. Is he's working a full-time job. Mm-hmm. He has more money that belongs to him now than yeah. he's ever had. Uh-huh. And he spends it like wildfire. <laughs> <laughs> so the training them, you know, mm-hmm. this is important. This is what a budget looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you're staying in your parents' house. Mm-hmm. Yes, you contribute. And he mm-hmm. does contribute. Okay. Yes, I do not charge him. We do not charge him rent. Okay. But he contributes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I asked him to contribute. He willingly did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is a budget. This is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go through everything in a week and you don't get paid for another week, he can have a problem, bud. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And like I said, he has a car. He understands gas prices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now the parenting shifts to preparation. Preparation mm-hmm. for adulthood. Mm-hmm. More adulthood. Okay. You know, um, preparation for, you know, where you think you are with your lady friends, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, just different. It's just different and it's challenging because now you're watching your baby, you know. Try out his own wing. So (laughs) to you, time Mm -hmm. flies. To him, he's like mom yes to you you yes. remember all those moments right <laughs> exactly so, yeah yeah exactly I taking a step back is definitely challenging yes it is so I believe I know your answer to this based on all that you've shared but would you say that you are content with marrying and having a child in your 40s very content mm-hmm. very content and I don't think that anything happened um that wasn't supposed to happen mm-hmm. when it was supposed to happen. Yes, I'm very content. And you have to be careful and you have to know that God has a plan for your life. Mm-hmm. Because people say, you know, I mean, when I was in my late 20s going into 30, you know, sure, my my mom, my mm-hmm. sister was like, are you ever going to get married? Right, I mean, you know. Yeah. But it's important to mm-hmm. know that we 
as believers Mm -hmm. should not hang our desires on a worldly clock because God works outside of time. Yes, he does. (laughs) I'm learning. Oh, I'm learning. doesn't feel good always. I know. He does. He works outside of time. Yeah. You know, so That's yes, right. I am very content. Yes, yes. I'm very content. Mm-hmm. Well, we are wrapping up this episode, Mrs. Marilyn. But before we wrap it up, I want you to share with our audience any advice, wisdom, encouragement that you have for them. Thank you, gladly. Mm-hmm. Um, the wisdom and encouragement that I could share for anyone, whatever you're waiting on from God. Just know that according to Jeremiah 29 and 11, he said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Mm -hmm. He said, and they are thoughts of peace and not evil and to bring you to an expected end. So the thing that I would want to encourage you to know, first of all, you're on God's mind. He said, I know the thoughts I think of you. That Mm -hmm. means you're on his mind, your situation, your concerns. They're Mm -hmm. on his mind. And he has an expected end. We don't always see it, but he does. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I've been told sometimes filmmakers Mm -hmm. shoot the last scene of a film first Mm -hmm. because they know how they want it to end. And then they make the rest of the script Mm -hmm. lead up Mm -hmm. to the final scene. Mm -hmm. God's got the final scene. I love that. Yes. I love that. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Well, Mrs. Marilyn, this has been a great conversation. Um, the way that you expounded on things just encourages me and, and I, I, I took mental notes Great. so that I can, you know, when children come for us, okay, Mrs. Marilyn said yes. this, so let me, <laughs> you know, um, you definitely shared a lot. And I, I just thank you so much again for being on this episode and sharing a bit of your story. And I know that it's going to bless others who watch for sure. I sure pray that it does. And yes. thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that what you've heard encouraged you to remain hopeful and to never stop believing in God's strategic and perfect plan for your life. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and hit the notification bell to be notified of future episodes. You can also head over to my YouTube channel to check out the video recording and subscribe. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. God bless.